see, this is what happens, TJ, when I try to mess with technology. This is, this is my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> we welcome you into the Plank Show. I'm at Cavens Construction today. We'll be here uh, until noon. Gary Cavins is going to join us at 10 a.m. We're going to talk about roofing and remodeling and construction and all that fun stuff that Cavins is all about, CavinsConstruction.com. We are also... We are also in the midst of the first round of the Masters. We are also counting down to opening day in Major League Baseball. We're also here to recap Diamond Sports, talking OU softball from last night. I mean, there are certain times in life where you can see the cup runneth over. But I believe, as Josh Elmer joins us in the Brown O'Haver studios, Josh, I feel like for today, that cup runneth over to the nth degree as far as, as far as sports content and topics to get into. This is arguably one of the more exciting days I think we've had in sports. This is great. It is, and Josh I'm is like in the you. building, but it's still me standing here at the bent down you're at the still, microphone. Oh, I apologize. You're still <laughs> fighting the equipment that I. You're still fighting what I threw out there um, as. Hey, why don't we try this today? Are you okay if I use this today? Sure. Of course, it doesn't work. But let, let me, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend today or build up today to say, hey, this is hands down the greatest day ever. But, you know, you're going to have, is this the greatest day in sports polls all day long? That's, that's not my point. I think today's pretty cool and up there for me because not only is it an opening day that at some point none of us thought would happen, right? I mean, there was this idea that, yeah, they're going to play baseball, but with, with the narrative and kind of the back and forth between the, the owners and the players, the, the idea was a day like today might not be here until mid-May, if not June. And that whole idea that owners hate April baseball, so they're trying to do what they can to, to not worry about April baseball, and then here it is, dig it. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's exciting. Now, what's the, what's the line for Major League Baseball? Relax, Rook. It's we got 162 more of these, right? And that's true. But there's just something special about opening day. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be that dude that makes bombastic first take, hot take like segments off day one or or how good a team's going to be. But it is. It's exciting to just have the game back. And I, I will say this much for Josh: there might not be a more exciting story than Bobby Witt Jr. right now, right? I mean. When you're thinking about the future of baseball, you've, you've got to develop more, more names, more faces, more, more dudes, <laughs> right? Not just guys, like dudes that, like Shohei Otani's on the commercial for the show now, the baseball game, which is great because I'm old enough to remember whenever um, I was told by the richest man in sports media that he can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English. I'm old enough to remember that. But you still need to continue to develop that, that new talent, those new faces. I don't know about you guys. I don't know. Josh, are you there? I have no idea. I'm sorry. I'm flying blind right now. Good morning. Okay, good, good, good. Um, but it's always good to have those potential dudes, right? And I think when you look around Major League Baseball this season, there's a handful of, and I'm not trying to make Bobby Witt Jr. Mike Trout, um, but Mike Trout-type talent with a pretty incredible personality to boot and remember Otani's still very young so I don't know 
maybe I'm getting a little bit too juiced about the the Oklahoma Sooner signee who went on to be the top pick in the draft and is now in the in the bigs in what his third year out of high school. I mean, that's I don't know about you, Josh, but that is just that's a reason to be brimming with excitement for uh, for at least the Royals and I think for all of Major League Baseball to see how his career develops early on. Yeah, you hope that somebody like a Bobby Witt Jr. can be a, a star. Certainly, Kansas City Royals fans are hoping that in a season that opens up today but doesn't really have a lot of fanfare or excitement to it. There's not the expectation to really be in the hunt for the AL Central, to be one of the top teams in the American League. That's in a season like this with the lack of expectations. You're always hoping that next great prospect that – Starts out on your opening day roster like a Bobby Witt Jr. does for Kansas City. You need that guy to be a star. And baseball needs that. That, that, Exactly. So a fascinating opening day. We'll run through it. Got tons of storylines to get to as well. Um, But if you want to jump in, 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I'm currently watching here at Cavens Construction in our incredible mobile studio. I'm watching Tiger Woods mark up his ball to get ready to play in the first round of the Masters. And it's got me feeling some kind of sports way. His official tee time, do they have these times listed as Eastern time? Because it says 11.04. So I'm assuming that's Eastern and that's 10.04 a.m. Is that correct? I'm assuming. Yeah, I would imagine so because what we heard earlier this week was 9.34. And I don't know if they pushed some things back or – Anything of that nature, I don't care. But 10.04 this morning, Tiger Woods will play in his first event since the 2020 Masters after a horrific car wreck. And with the Masters being in its normal slot with full capacity, its normal slot on the, on the sports calendar after two years ago, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Josh, but Major League Baseball having its opening day and Tiger coming back at the same day, come on, man, that's just... That's incredible sports theater, is it not? It's pretty good. And, you know, this 2022 Masters has some interesting local ties to it. Victor Hovland, uh, golfer out of Oklahoma State, has been playing great. Abraham Answer has done some really nice things as of late. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, obviously Tiger Woods will generate the majority of the headlines, the morning national talk shows. <laughs> They're a buzz with, hey, what's the likelihood for Tiger Woods to actually contend and potentially win the in- entire thing here at this Masters? But beyond that, it just should be a great golf tournament. Rory's pursuit of the Grand Slam, another great storyline. Hey, by the way, hey, you by can the switch over on the equipment, the equipment now. now. Boom. Boom. Sorry about that, Josh. I, I brought a different piece of equipment into work today, and – Whenever I I did that, um, I guess it caused a few problems as far as connections are concerned. So, um, my bad. And I think as soon as I got connected, Drake tried to disconnect me right away too. So I hope I hope we're good. Do you, are we loud and clear on this this Ref Sports Radio Network? You are booming across Beautiful. the Ref Sports Radio Network now. Good morning. Thank Do you, you feel you can relax? Thank you, thank you, Drake. Thank you, TJ. Yes, yes, I I do feel like I can relax a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Steel Man. 
I was listening to a podcast this morning from um, Andy Staples and Max Olson, so I wasn't uh, living on Twitter like I normally do. But uh, the overnight rains, which we thought yesterday was going to end up costing everything on opening uh, on on par three day, but it's good to see. Now I looked at the forecast; it it might be a little bit dicey for portions of what today. In Augusta, so we'll keep our fingers crossed on that front. But Tiger, ti- I, I, I know it's corny. I get it. I'll wear it. I'll wear it today. But it's almost as if I'm watching this, and I can't believe that this is really happening. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. We were in a situation where honestly, I thought that dude might be dead whenever I saw his car, right? You saw his car down in the embankment. You thought, oh, my God, Tiger Woods is dead. And lo and behold, here we are <laughs> year later. What what did we determine yesterday, Josh, just basically less than 12 months or right at 12 months since the wreck? Yeah, a little over a year, but, yeah. I mean, very close to. Unreal. All right. Well, welcome into the Plank Show on a Thursday edition. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. feel like this is the official launch of the show. I mentioned I didn't dig too deep into some of the early master storylines this morning because I got caught up in the latest Andy Staples podcast. Do you, do you regularly listen to Andy or no? I wouldn't say that I regularly listen, but I listen a decent amount. I'll, I'll okay. seek it out every now and again. Okay, um, fair enough. I, I'm not sitting here trying to be some mark. I love Andy to death. But I, it's kind of like what we have to do with our Sooner Sports feed, quick little sidebar, is on our podcast feed, there's more than just you know Toby and I doing a show. On, on that feed there, we'll put coaches' shows, and we'll put games on there. It's kind of like a, your own little digital Sooner Sports channel. That's kind of what Andy Staples' podcast is for The Athletic. It's kind of become a little college football channel where they're, they're constantly updating with different types of pot. Nicole Arbach has one on there, too. I think they call it the Power Hour. So, you know, for me, it's like a limit. There's only certain shows I want to hear, and it becomes a little bit too much. But I saw one last night that caught my ear, and I, and I want to get into this next segment because, yes, it doesn't involve opening day today. No, it doesn't involve Tiger. Um, obviously, we've got Sooner Softball. We're going to talk about Joey Helmer was there last night. He joins us at 11 a.m. this morning. We're going to hear – Post-game sound from Patty Gasso coming up at 9.35 this morning. Sooner softball fans will hear post-game from Coach Gasso last night. But I, I, I feel like this might be a good quick time to fit this in so it doesn't consume all my brain space today, Josh. If you're giving a letter grade to Bob Bowlesby, what would you give him? for his job as the Big 12 commissioner. And I want to be honest with you, when I first thought about it, in my mind, I said F. I'm like, F? <laughs> I'm sorry, your your conference fell apart while you were in the middle of being the commissioner. I mean, it, it, sorry. But then I, was li- I bring that up because I'm listening. And by the way, 11 a.m. starts Bob Bowlesby. But as I'm listening to this podcast, Max Olson, who talked to 
uh, Bob Bowlesby for The Athletic, said two things that really kind of resonated with me that might have bumped my grade up to like a D minus or maybe in some aspects an A. Do we not have to give Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 some credit for staying the course in the face of a pandemic and playing on the day when the Big 10 and the Pac-12 had decided that they weren't going to play that season two years ago? Sure you do. And right? Really Isn't the that decision, pretty significant? decision came down to the Big 12 conference when Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 said, green light, go ahead. That's when we got college football. Yep. Exactly. So I hadn't thought about that. And I'll never forget that day, right, where – I mean, literally, you had different people. I have, I have sources that are telling me the Big 12 is going to play. Others say, hey, it's, it's a little bit tighter than we thought. You'd heard from some coaches, Josh, and you didn't really know how they felt. I mean, I, I remember someone telling me at the time, I, and I'm, again, I'm not undercutting anyone, but that the sentiment from certain um, people in Oklahoma was that they, we might not play, and this wasn't anyone in administration, um, and they felt fine with it. It was like, okay, we're fine. That's fine. We're not going to play this year. Let's prepare for what would then be 21. And so when Bob Bowlesby, in the face of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 shutting down the season, when he and the members of the Big 12 said, we're playing on, I mean, that was a, that was a pretty significant moment in, I don't want to say college football history, but in the very least, the distinct reality of missing a season, Right? No doubt. When I first assigned a letter grade, first started thinking about assigning a letter grade for Bob Bowlesby, I think he did a little bit better job than average. And if C is an average grade, then I'd say B minus. I mean, it wasn't just this wildly exceptional job that Bob Bowlesby did at the as the Big 12 commissioner. But I go back to the fact that Dan Beebe had this conference in – Absolute danger land. We didn't know if the conference was going to survive. Bob Bowlesby grabbed hold mm-hmm. of it, kept this thing together. It's a decade later now. Yes, now you have defections of Oklahoma and Texas, which were your two marquee programs. So maybe a B- minus is too high, just knowing that Oklahoma and Texas aren't going to be sticking around. But I think the four additions that they've right. added to the conference will be good additions moving forward. I, I, to me, he's done a better-than-average job. Can I add one more reason why you might tick that up to, for me, F to D minus, maybe up to that average area? And I, I guess sometimes we lose sight of it, but he had the Big 12 making more money than the Pac-12 and the ACC. And... I know that a lot of OU and, and, and Texas fans are feeling some kind of way when I say that, and it's not to say anything negative about uh, the, the obvious impact that OU and Texas have on that. It's a major impact. But it's also it's a pretty big deal when you think, Josh, about where we view certain conferences right now and to see that, I mean – this was number three for revenue. So I that was I heard those two things from Max Olson and it really it really made me think a little more. I will I will say this. Um as I've 
dug into this more and as I've tried to talk to as many people as I can, um, I, I guess I guess there is possibly a gray area. And that gray area, not in his grading, but in his exit, is interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Because I was of the firm belief that if one report says he was voted out, then I don't think you could you could then say, well, it was a mutual decision. That, to me, is an indication that, well, oh, your boy gone. But I've been told that maybe, maybe that was a little bit harsh wording. So we'll get into that as the show rolls on here on a Thursday. 9.35, Patty Gasso, postgame from last night. Let's get Josh's thoughts on Tiger today when we come back. He's our golf guy. You hear him in addition to this show every day. On the Gimme Zone, Saturday mornings from 10 to noon. Are we at 10 to noon this weekend, Josh? We are at 10 to noon this weekend. Boom. So let's get some perspective on what to expect today with Tiger Woods. Um, Little NFL talk we're going to slide in today, too. Heard some Baker Mayfield stuff that I wanted to share with you. We'll get into it all on this Thursday, live from Cavens on the Plank Show. Like, dead serious question. Not trying to be overly dramatic as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. But are are you as dialed into this right now on ESPN as I am? I'm just, I'm watching Tiger chip at the green. And I'm getting excited about the possibility of watching him out there today. That's not normal behavior, right? I think that's totally acceptable behavior on day one of the Masters. Unfortunately, this television and set for me is dialed into undisputed. Oh, it's behind you. That's right. I don't. Is that a, is Drake a big undisputed fan? Is that why he makes sure that the morning uh, turning on of the TV takes us right to Fox Sports and Undisputed? Is that is this a Drake thing? Just kidding. Um, okay, hey, Phyllison, what do you think? As we count down to Tiger Woods tea time in about 28 minutes from now, Patty Gasso post, or 38 minutes from now, Patty Gasso post game coming up after the bottom of the hour. But what should we expect? I mean, I know there's some people that, they're, oh, he's going to win, but that's easier said than done. John Rahm's big betting favorite. He's been playing well. Your boy picked him. What can we expect, Josh? What can we expect from Tiger? A made cut. I, I think that that's a reasonable expectation. If he's decide to, decided to tee it up, I think that he feels that he can be competitive. The idea of Tiger getting into contention and winning this thing feels a little bit too storybook. Not going to totally put it past him because he is Tiger Woods and he's a freak, and we've seen Tiger Woods do plenty of freaky things on the golf course in the past, but – I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. But I, I do think there's a lot of us who view Tiger Woods as like the mystical figure that can overcome just about anything, right? I mean, think about everything he's overcome in his career. And and it, I, I'm not trying to get too carried away here. This is when my wife would get mad at me. Very self-induced, right? This is not... Tiger Woods' issues have been self – not the car crash, of course, unless you want to get on someone for driving fast. But, you know, he's 
he's lost a marriage and in a very public and embarrassing way. He he has battled painkillers and what got got a DUI. He's he's been through some things and has lived it out very publicly, you know, ruined relationships. But yet for some reason, Josh, there's something about that dude when he's on the golf course that for everything that he has had go wrong for him, I am just a mark. I I just I don't know if it's a connection to him kind of coming up and and exploding a sport that I love so much. I don't know if it's because he was so dominant and you know his pop and I used to always talk about we love to watch greatness. You what do you want to watch? I'm, you want to see greatness. Bro, this is one of the greatest who is constantly fighting through self-induced issues. Now, and again, self-induced issues. Back problems. I mean, he's playing golf, right? But still, I'm not saying, how dare you? That's not self-induced. But I'm talking more of the of, of, of the marriage. But here he is, man. And I'm telling you what, I, I don't know how they're going to gauge ratings or, or views or anything from today. I'm sure all the metrics are out there for ESPN. But this is going to be – I don't know anyone that's getting anything done at work today. Do you this morning? Well, I mean, outside of us, of course. <laughs> right, if you can call this work for you and I. Right. But the ratings sure. game, man, if Tiger plays well, this will be one of the best-viewed masters of all time. If he's in the hunt, the storyline of him at age 46 trying to match Jack Nicklaus in that regard, trying to come back from a nearly fatal car accident, an accident that – nearly had to have his leg amputated. The fact that he hasn't really played, save for the one event with his son, I mean, all of it, all of it would lend itself to, if he's in the hunt on Sunday, they are going to get crazy ratings. What about, well, listen, let's not get too carried away with today. But we are on the course outside of Tiger, Patrick Harrington, uh, Guido Migliazzi. Uh, and Guido, sorry, and Min Woo Lee all at one under right now in the first early tee times at the Masters. ESPN, they're saying ESPN Plus. Are you telling me I got to have an ESPN Plus to follow Tigers this uh, this morning? If you do, I can. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I think I can make that happen for you. It's okay. No, nah, it's okay. Me and me and ESPN Plus have had a, a very public falling out with each other. It's been a breakup that, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll get back together at some point. But uh, for right now, it's, it's been a nasty divorce. All right. Um, I want to talk about softball from last night. So it's 930. It's the Plank Show. We're live from Cavens Construction. So, Josh, just to put a final wrap on the Tiger conversation for the first 30 minutes of this show, don't get too carried away because if he's playing on Saturday, that's – that's a big that's a big deal in and of itself, right? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? First real major tournament that Tiger Woods has played is the Masters since this accident. I, I, I want to get caught up in the pandemonium of it all too, but trying to be realistic, if he makes the cut right now, I think that's an incredible story in and of itself. Agreed. All right. Plank Show on the road at Cavens. Let's talk some Sooner softball after the win last night over Tulsa and a road trip forthcoming, upcoming, forthcoming, upcoming 
to Lubbock this weekend against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Toby asked about Texas Tech. I want to go a little bit more in depth on what they can expect from the Red Raiders. Gary's going to slide in here at 10 a.m. We'll hit the top five stories of the day, including a lot of NBA and talk about the future of the league and the schedule. Adam Silver kind of theorizing that maybe we could cut back to a certain degree from 82 games. So we'll get into that. Um, But let's talk Sooner softball next on the Home Sooner fans. We'll go back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Ooh, I cranked my headsets up during that break. We were making sure we had good audio for the Patty Gasso press from last night. Okay, I want to play two things right off the top. Nine-zip win win last night for the Sooners as they they beat what I I think is a a good Tulsa team. Not a very good, not a great team. Chrissy Strimple in her third season – been in Tulsa forever. Uh, she's she doesn't have any pitching. They've got no pitching. I think Tulsa fans, if if you followed, you know it. But they can mash. They can hit the ball, and Oklahoma was able to shut them down last night. But I think one of the big stories is the injury to Tra Jennings and the severity of it. Now, after the game, I was talking with coach, and they went back and they were watching the play. When Tiari got hurt, and Tiari, who is, it, it looks like she's going to be fine, she walked in and just to watch the video of it because legitimately she didn't really know what had happened. So, Coach Gasso last night explained the Tiari Jennings injury during her post game with the assembled media. Um, a little uncomfortable with how that felt. She went out on the field and she. We both talked about I'm like, this doesn't make sense as we're going into conference. So we sat her out. The ice um, got a brace on her. We're just going to keep it light until we have to get back on the field on Friday and see how it looks. But for the most part, uh, it looked like everything was going to be okay on that front for T.R.A. Jennings. Meanwhile, there's your update on T.R.A. Here's what Coach had to say about the game last night. Uh, We knew going in that this was going to be a rough, night just wind wise and the way the wind was turning and so forth so the decision was made that we're going to become more aggressive we want to show that more than just a one-dimensional we hit home runs and that's all we do I looked down the lineup and every player had something to do with scoring a run getting ahead finding a way on we had our five stolen bases we just kept putting runners in motion and I, a great example, and I, I can't, I don't know if you're seeing it, but with Jada Coleman, you see that little split grip. It's a squeeze play that's just swinging. It's like a soft slap run, um, like a, a running soft slap. So we're, we're in motion just like it's a squeeze play. So we had a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, which I was really, it was fun to coach that because normally I just put my hands in my pockets and watch them hit home runs. So it was nice to feel a little bit of a difference. Uh, it was really nice to get Nicole May a start and get her feeling comfortable. I thought she did a really nice job of um, handling them and she got just even in the fifth inning um, just finding that strikeout to end the game with runners in, a runner in scoring position so maintaining this shutout for our pitching staff I think they all kind of have this little tag team attitude of we're not giving up runs and um, I'm loving it 
without question. So I thought it was just a well-rounded, everyone involved, good game tonight. There you go. There's head coach Patty Gasso after the Sooners knock off in impressive fashion Tulsa by final score of nine zip. They're 33-0 on the season. It's it's funny because for those that were following along last night, Josh, on the radio side of things, I originally had said squeeze bunt. And as soon as Coleman reached, Nicole Mendez, who was on the call with me last night, was all over it. She's like, you know what? That's that's not a squeeze punt. That's a squeeze soft slap. And we were outside. I didn't have the, the benefit of replay. It's like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and Nicole had said it was something she had worked on with Coach. And they were able to make it work a couple of times. But I don't know, Josh – like I said earlier, maybe I'm falling into a trap where, you know, it's always home runs and bombs and I'm not complaining about it. But I just thought last night was really – I thought last night was really cool to see them win a game like that. You never know, right, when you might need right. to manufacture a run in that type of variety. Oklahoma's so potent, so good offensively that you feel like, okay, maybe you don't, but – it's good to have that in your bag of tricks, no question. I mean, this is – it's incredible when you look at what the pitching has done this year. I mean, there's there's the Tennessee game that stands out, the extra inning game. But Jordy still came back in and shut them down, right? I mean, that's – that's the only – I'm just scrolling through the schedule looking – that's the only game this year where you look back, and even the UCLA game, I thought Oklahoma was significantly better than UCLA. Now, granted, that was a game that was played very early in the season, 14-56. I mean, how many shot? Does this team have like twenty shutouts now this year? Twenty-one. That's incredible. But yeah, I am, I am so intrigued to see what this team can do to top itself and to see him play small ball like that last night dude that was really cool um thoroughly enjoyed it fun win and listen Tulsa's by no means a tournament team this year but they are always a challenge for Oklahoma now we're hitting the road in fact the team is leaving today I'm gonna leave tomorrow in fact we're gonna be doing the show kind of sort of from the road I'm thinking I'm gonna be there in time for like hour two and three but Texas Tech is an interesting case study this year. They have they have had some games where you look up and you say, "Oh, okay, let's go, Tech." You know, but what are we two years removed from when they went down to the Mary Nutter Classic and beat Washington and had a couple of of big time performances? They did something very similar this year. You know, they went to the Mary Nutter and played really well. They kept they nearly beat Missouri. They nearly beat UCLA, lost both of those games two to one. They beat Northwestern, who some view as a top ten team now. The combined score in, in losses to both Washington and LSU was just three zip. Pushed UCF to extra innings. Um yeah, they've they've had some games this year where they've looked really good, and they've had some games where you wonder, what in the world are they doing? 
um, like an 11-3 loss to North Texas, like the uh, the weekend series with Oklahoma State where they just fell apart in three games, the Sunday loss to Kansas. So it's a it's a dangerous team. They're 19-16 and 16 on the season, but it's also a very confusing team. They've only lost three home games so far this season. So, I, I mean, they, they have a former Sooner on their roster, right? Olivia Reigns, after kind of struggling to find the strike zone for the Sooners, is down in Lubbock, and she's she's been throwing some for them. She threw five innings on Sunday against Kansas. Struck out five, walked three. So they'll see a former a former Sooner in Olivia Reigns, but – Good win last night. Nine zip. I, I got one more cut I want to play here, Josh, before we get out of here. And um, it's it's just you can really sense uh, the excitement that Coach Gasso feels for this team, but also at the same vein, you know, that, hey, I, I know how good you can be. So it, w- there's a level that we need to continue to see you try to reach. Here's a – Here's one more from Coach Gasso post game last night. Again, I'm sorry the audio is so low, but we'll do the best that we can here. On the road, and I think the last time we were really on the road was Kentucky, and that was one of the best games we played all season. And we definitely walked in as a underdog with a packed house. Although the Sooner fans were there representing, and you could feel that, but we felt it felt a little bit different. Like maybe we're not exposed, supposed to win this game. And the more I felt we weren't supposed to, the more they felt they should. So I, I like the idea of going on the road. We better learn how to play tough on the road because we've got some tough road trip this weekend and another one against Texas back to back. So it's important that we get this down and we um, are ready to fight when we're on the road. There you go. Coach talking about the road mindset. For the Sooners. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, it's 946 on a Thursday right here on The Ref. There was some football available yesterday. I mean, I, I understand we're in the midst of the excitement. Tiger getting set to tee off here in a bit at the Masters. Opening day in Major League Baseball, which will happen during this show. And obviously my continued excitement over softball. But we are counting down to the spring game. And we're learning a little bit more about how things are going to look, should look, and even more so about how coaches want them to work. Little Joe John Finley, when we come back from yesterday's media avail with Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. Hour one of the Plank Show, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Their perfection is your protection. This is the Home of Center Fans. Yesterday was really cool, right? We had the softball. Gosh, watching Tiger. They've got the countdown to Tiger teeing off. Come on. That's pretty awesome, right? uh, 11.53 until Tiger tees off. Very cool. Uh, But I want to, before we get to Tiger, welcome back into the Plank Show on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, uh, True Sooners on hold. I'm going to get to him. So uh, pile in here today. Let's take some calls at 405-329-9000. I do think that, the Bob Bowlesby conversation is an evergreen topic in our world where we can always look back because it was such an influential time for Oklahoma Sooner Athletics, for Oklahoma State Cowboy Athletics, for, I mean, gosh, I'm not trying to be melodramatic here, but for the landscape of college sports and specifically college football. So how do we 
how does his tenure have his feeling, right? There's got to be some kind of way you feel when the name Bob Bowlesby is brought up. And i got to be honest with you, I was really taken back by how many people kind of looked at it and said, job well done. Now, granted, there were equally as, as, as many people that said, oh, he, he screwed it up. And most of the job well done people are outside of the Big 12 footprint. But still, 405-329-9000 if you want to jump in on it. I've got more softball to share, a little Nicole May here in just a bit. But yesterday was really cool, Josh, because we heard from Joe John Finley. And I know Joe John's talked about it, but one of the questions asked during the Sooner tight ends coach media availability was reuniting and working again with Jeff Levy and what that's been like for the, the Sooner tight ends coach. Oh, there's always differences, man. That's what makes him so great. And I, and I should be clear, not only working with him again, but as you can tell, the differences between their time at Ole Miss together and their time now. Oh, there's always differences, man. That's what makes him so great. If you go back to look at his offenses in the beginning, man, you, you just you see different wrinkles every single every single uh, every year. And uh, uh, just as far as being in the room with him, it's it's just like going back with with your best friend from from high school. You know, it's like you, know, you go back and it's, it's like you never skip miss a beat. And uh, the the passion that he has, uh, the leadership that he brings to the offense. Uh, he improves with that too. You know, you can tell when when the guys are are listening to him when he's talking. You know, they're just a little bit more engaged. They're a little bit more bought in, and that's because he works at that. And and uh, again, he cares for his players so much. You know, he's, every time we come off the field, you see him in the weight room. He's pulling somebody aside. Could be a receiver. Could be a left tackle. Could be a tight end. Could be a quarterback. But just you know, talking about things that aren't football. Talking about things that are football. Just. Again, the things that Coach Venables is preaching, just doing everything right. You know, do everything right, a little bit at a time, and then when it comes time to, to play, it's, it's going to pay off for you. I, I know Gabe has talked about this on the Oklahoma Breakdown, and uh, you, you and I have mentioned it before, but Joe John Finley is an absolute rock star in the coaching ranks right now. And from those that have worked around him and have spent time around him, he is a guy that's going to be an offensive coordinator sooner rather than later. And, you know, it's funny because I, I live in a world where I'm constantly thinking about, okay, when somebody hires Jeff Levy as their head coach, what's next at offensive coordinator? That, that's just that's – I felt that same way, you know, uh, on the defensive coordinator side. And in my mind, and I think he showed he was worthy of it in the Alamo Bowl – I'd always thought if something happened where at the time Alex Grinch moved on, Brian Odom was ready to be a defensive coordinator, and I was here for it. I kind of feel that same way now with with Oklahoma, and even though Jeff Levy hasn't coached a game yet in the Crimson and Cream, I just feel like there's a really good-looking succession plan. Because, Josh, you want these assistant coaches to go out and get head coaching jobs, right? I mean, we want to see. Jeff Lebby spent a couple years here, won a national championship, and and become a head coach somewhere. I mean, at least I do. Well, it's you the mark, see him succeed. mark of a successful program when that's happening. Right. If guys are getting gigs, then you're doing something right and you're winning football games, and typically you're winning big. Well, I do know this from yesterday's avail. Y'all are working on some Daniel Parker stories, so we'll get that in here in just a bit. But Final thought from Joe John Finley here in hour one, the tight end room in general and kind of his feel about the depth and what he has in that room. Um, extremely proud. Uh, you said we got a lot of old, or two old guys, two young guys, and then two guys that have been here. But, again, for everybody, everybody got the, got the playbook day one. And so we're extremely proud of all of those guys. Whenever we go in the meeting room, 
uh, somebody will ask a question and another, another player will answer it. And so that's when you know, you know, you got the right mindset in the meeting room. Uh, sometimes too much. I'm like, hey, let me do my job too. I'm a coach, you know. And so uh, just the fact that the two older guys are exactly who I thought they were and they continue to get better. And in addition to that, they're bringing the younger guys along. You know, the, like I said, for younger guys, it's hard sometimes when you got 5,000 new plays in and you're trying to go play extremely hard and extremely physical because that's what this program's about. You know, just, just finding the mix for those guys and, and those guys meeting on their own sometimes to help each other out. Uh, couldn't be more proud. And, and when you look at the younger guys, you're looking for improvement every single day. You don't expect them to be perfect by any means, but the effort part of it, what we talk about, know your assignment and then play as hard as you possibly can. And then I can correct you. You know, if, you, if you're not playing hard or if you're guessing, I can't correct anything. I can't correct technique. I can't correct what you're doing. And so those guys have done a great job of buying in, learning the offense, so that now we can coach the things that you want to be coached. You don't want to be coaching effort. And uh, they've done a great job. Don't want to be coaching effort. And it appears that that's, that's not an issue for what we've seen coming out of Oklahoma Spring Ball. Wow. Um, look at this. Hour one is in the books. We'll be back to watch Tiger tee off in the Masters. Take your calls. Gary Cavins is going to join us. There's more from Joe John Finley. There's more from Patty Gasso, Nicole May, and much more as hour two. Right around the corner, it's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Your timing is getting impeccable, Gary Cavins. How are you, dude? You good? Wait, hold on, hold on. Does that work? Wait, do I? Oh, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. This is magic. This is what I love about this piece of equipment right here. I screwed up. I had you on the wrong thing. But looky here. There you go. Look at us. I'm here. Thought? I made it. All right, Tiger Woods is about to tee off the Masters. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, oh, 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 hold on. I'm going to completely and totally cheat here because as soon as it happens – we're going to take you there live so you can hear it. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Magic. Um, how are you, man? How's life over here at Cavens Construction? It's going great. It's going great. We're busy. We're out checking people's roofs. We've had a lot of rain, and people that haven't had their roofs repaired since last year are having leaks, and so they're giving us a call so we can come out and get them fixed up. And So that, that's that been wonderful. We've uh, been doing mold testing and uh, a lot of uh, – um, uh, we've had a couple of water extraction calls, so things have been good. They've been booming. What um, You mentioned the, uh, and we talk about it a lot, water extraction, mold issues. How, it, we, we, the weather is so unpredictable. What are signs where someone realizes, I can't wait, I've got to call Gary, I've got to get this figured out right now? If you have any water intrusion in your home where you're seeing staining, uh, watermarks or in the ceilings or on the walls or anything like that or any kind of surface mold growth then you need to call us and have us come out that's a uh, really important yeah um and it could be oh hold on i'm messing with my microphone now it that could be something as simple as hey just you need a it's never usually a fresh coat of paint but it could be a simple fix for you guys, right? It could be something where it could be easy. But if you wait, it could end up being something that costs you a lot of money. That's right. The longer you wait, the more the longer you wait, the more money it's going to cost you. Um, you know, uh, that's one thing I've learned for doing this so many years is the longer you take to get something done, uh, the worse and worse it gets, especially in the Oklahoma environment. Are you a Tiger guy, by the way, or you're not even really a big golf guy, are you? Not anymore. I used to. I used to play golf all the time and. 
I grew up playing golf, but um, you know, I just uh, I don't I don't usually have time for golf anymore. Golf is something that is very much in the rear view, unfortunately for me too, because you wish you had the time and you want to have the time, but you never really do. All right, here we go. At least from our perspective, uh, Tiger Woods is on the first tee, and he blasted driver, but he doesn't have a very happy look on his face. Josh Helmer, what do you see? Why a, a little right? A little right? Yeah, and just judging by what happened on the broadcast next, I'm thinking maybe he found that bunker. Uh, well, they're still uh, clapping because Tiger Woods is back playing golf at Augusta. All right, so, uh, Gary, I know you're busy today, but kind of take us through some of the things that you have going on roofing-wise, or at least some of the things homeowners need to be aware of roofing-wise because we're entering a very, very challenging season. That's right. That's right. You know, when Chris is out doing roof inspections, uh, replacing uh, roofs from the last year's hailstorm, um, I'm helping him out with that stuff too. Uh, I've also made a couple of trips down to Dallas to uh, do some roof inspections and some roof repairs down there. Um, so we've actually opened up the Dallas market, North Texas market for our roofing division. Um, so, you know, we're not only in Tulsa now, we're now in da- Dallas and North Texas too. You uh, oh is that official now? Mm-hmm. Oh congratulations! Yep. Yep. What, uh, what's you. what's Thank that you. like? <laughs> what's it's, that challenge like? It, it's it's the same thing as here. You know right. it's no different. Um, so you know we're just uh, t- we've got a lot of clients that have multiple locations and stuff going on, and um, you know we have some clients that have some houses down in Texas too, and you know so it's just a natural fit for us. Is it? It's a natural fit. So now. Not only Tulsa, but in the Dallas area, you can get Cavens to uh, help you out roofing-wise. And free inspections. So you're going to go out, or I shouldn't say free inspections, free estimate to kind of give you an idea of, of what could be in danger, right? That's right, 100%. That's what we're here to do is to get up there and see. You know, roofs don't always need to be replaced. Sometimes right. they just need a little bit of uh, TLC, a little bit of uh, repair work. And a little bit of repair work goes a long ways to a leak, you know, and and. That's, you know, we're here to help out with that also. Hey, and, and one of the things, too, that's kind of interesting is you think about you think about things that I've talked to you about, like gutters for me, which has been a big challenge. I've been in a situation where, for my home, we're, we're thinking about new gutters for a while. That's not only something that helps, you know, with your roof, but that's also something that helps with mold because it gets the water away from your that's house, right. too. So even something that you're thinking about that might seem as small to you as, as – gutter replacement it can end up being a big deal and you guys can help them out we can we can help with that and it's you know if you don't have gutters wrapped around your house it's always a good idea to have gutters wrapped around in your house builders don't normally do that when they build a house they usually just put a little bit of gutters over the front door and over the ac unit maybe over the front of the garage door depending on your style of house but it's a good thing to just go ahead and have your full house wrapped in gutters so and we can help with that for sure uh, absolutely cavensconstruction.com in tulsa 918-282-7612 in oklahoma city 405-573-3048 and now in Dallas at 945-230-0234 and online at cavensconstruction.com. And listen, I don't know if I talk about it enough on this program, but on the environment, uh, environmental and remediation and restoration side, you've got a lot going on right now. And you can really help out homeowners, business owners. You've got everyone covered. That's right. Yeah, we're, you know. We can help out. You have emergency water extraction, a pipe burst, a toilet line breaks, a toilet overflows, um, any kind of water emergency. We can we can we can we can help out with the plumbing side to get it fixed because we have plumbers available and ready to go. 
and we can help out with the water rest restoration side, um, structural drying, getting it back the way it was before the damage. So we can help there. Mold testing, mold removal, we can help with that. Facilities maintenance for your business, uh, doors, um, flooring, painting, ceilings, uh, you know, electrical, HVAC, whatever problems you have at your business, we can you can call us and we're your one-stop shop when it comes to that. You know, man. Oh, anything else on the list? Oh, roll-offs, if you're cleaning, yep. if you're, you're going to do spring a little cleaning. spring cleaning, you yep. got you covered on that front. Great deals at CaymansConstruction.com. Uh, allergies can be really bad right now. We're fighting it, too. Uh, air duct cleaning is a big deal. Thanks, Gary. We Thank appreciate you, you, brother. Every single Thursday out here at Cavens Construction, online at CavensConstruction.com. Did he end up finding the bunker or not, Josh? I couldn't tell. He's just shy of the bunker, oh. so he, he does not have a good angle in. He's, let's see here, in the... The rough, I think, just kind of right behind that bunker. He's got a little bit of a tree that he's going to have to tangle with in front of him. Right. So he's he's not in a great position. But Tiger's on the course at the Masters. Let's go. What did the rain do? Did it really soften things up quite a bit where you can attack some pins? Or I, no? Yes, I, I think that you could see some scoring here on day one. Did you see Ernie Els got a 10 on the first hole? Did I dream that, or was that the first video that I ended up seeing before I got rolling this morning? I think, <laughs> Not ideal. I, I think Ernie Els was off to a tough, sp uh, a tough spot. Where are you in the broadcast right now? Has he hit a second shot yet? Yes, he just okay, hit a second. On, don't tell me. Don't tell me, because right now Tiger is lining up over his second shot on the first hole, the par four, 445 yards. You're right, didn't have the best angle in, but – he he's handy. Ooh. Spins back towards the front edge of the green. That would be one of those if you're playing in a you're if you're playing in a scramble, you're like, okay, we're near the green. We're near the green, so we're good. I don't think that's what Tiger Woods was going for though, there, Josh. He's just off the front edge. Yep, took that false front and rolled all the way back down. I forgot how much I like Louis Oosthuizen too. Oh, I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. Are you having to turn around to watch the Masters coverage? No. I forgot about that. In our <laughs> no, I've got it pulled up on the laptop. Okay. I'm not messing oh, around okay, with okay. any of that looking back and forth. The, the, just It's the pure, unfortunately, symmetry of the studio uh, in Josh's studio where you got to turn around to be able to see that uh, the actual TV that has the broadcast. Hey, you know what? Kudos to ESPN and maybe in that the the Masters for being much smarter about their coverage. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm old enough to remember where you you wouldn't even see stuff like this and they wouldn't even make coverage live sometimes until the weekend. So, uh, I'm really glad that this has become as thorough and as in-depth as it as it is. I shouldn't say live, but all day until the weekend. They haven't totally come in to this no. new century here, but they're at least much more modern than they have been. In the fact that we've got featured groupings online, you can check it out, masters.com. If you have the Masters app, you can watch it over there too. But the fact that we at least have that, even though they're not broadcasting all day, it's nice to be able to, to sit here and watch Tiger Woods live and not have to shot track this thing. Shot track. What's worst? What's worse, 
Shot Track, or any GameCast. Because GameCasts are pretty terrible, right? Yeah, I would probably say GameCast is yeah. worse. At least in the Shot Track, it's golf, so you can kind of go back and catch up, and it's a, a rather slower-paced sports. Uh, baseball is fairly slow-paced, and it's still horrible to have to watch on GameCast. Maybe the worst. Uh, you got a group of five, including Gooch, Taylor Gooch, who are tied at one under right now. Uh, what, Austin Greaser, the amateur, and Patty Harrington are through nine at one under right now, so you have the early tee times. And as uh, Steelman pointed out earlier, everything was delayed a little bit today because of the overnight rains. Not a ton, but it looks like, what, about 30 minutes from what Tiger's projected start time was to when he actually teed off maybe maybe even less than that, maybe like 15 minutes. So yeah, Tiger no, I think, I think you're right. I think it was like right at a half hour. Oh, really? Okay. Good deal. I will hear Tiger's – First swing in over two years coming up uh, courtesy of Masters Radio when we come back. And I just I feel like there's so much to get to. Uh, I, I feel like there's so much to get to that I just don't even know. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start, and I feel like we've covered a ton. But let's start this hour by bringing True Sooner in at 405-329-9000. True, what's going on, man? How are you? First of all, sorry about the colon talk here. There should be a uh, a warning when you leave the office how they tell you not to work machinery or make any life you know decisions. Yeah, life changing decisions. Don't go on live radio either because uh, you know, that's not a good thing. But hey, you know what? I, you know, I disagree. True, true. I disagree. I think we did a good public service yesterday because it even got me thinking. I was like, oh, I got to get to the doctor. I'm due for a physical this summer. So, yeah, no, you, you, right. did, well, you did the Lord's work yesterday. Well done. Well, you know, uh, but, but I was going to say, uh, it's, first of all, it's cool to see the – well, thank you, by the way. Uh, but it's cool to see the Roughnecks at the softball games. That's really cool. Um, I've seen them four games in a row now, I think, out there running around. That does add a really cool effect to it. And then the other thing I was going to bring up, did you guys, have you guys seen the video, the Twitter video of this four-star receiver, John Tay Cook, going through the can, Texas trophy room? Can I begin to tell you how viral that has gone? When the first, okay. person, that, when the first person that mentioned that to me this morning, True, was my wife. My wife, she goes, did you see the oh. video of the Texas guy talking about the swimming trophies? And it's just, if it reaches that level from the sports world, then I know that it's made its rounds. But, yeah, not not the best look. But, that's hey, that's one heck of a swimming program. Got to be honest with you. He, he, so he's walking through there, and, and they have this, obviously, it's their version of the Switzer Center. I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, you know so I'm sure it's a $10 million complex or whatever. He's going through there just looking at these trophies, and if anybody hasn't seen it, they need to treat themselves to it because he starts squinting his eyes. I mean, I, I'm assuming these trophies are in the football office. I mean, I don't know right. for sure. But he's squinting his eyes, and he's like, these are swimming trophies. Where are the, where are the football trophies? I mean, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but, but if you haven't seen it, it's worth, it's worth a, uh, what is it, a 20-second video? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, so. it's, it's a bad look. Right, just because it's a football recruit. And that's the second time, right, where Texas has kind of been burned by that. The Tom Herman picture where the kid <laughs> put the horns down in the middle of the picture. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a good look, but, again, they, I mean, they, they've won. They've won titles. I mean, you can say that it's, it's all swimming trophies and it's right, but, I mean, 
it's funny as heck because that's Oklahoma and uh, its biggest rival, and they're getting clowned on by a recruit. But I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit another unfair. validation. It's just more <laughs> validation, is what it is. I mean, it's more validation of what the program has been since '96. I mean, they've won a national yeah, title, but they've also how many you know it's a validation of conference titles and stuff, and how how, how you know how how relevant they've been. Hey, we'll see you guys. Uh, Have a good day. Fair point. Fair point. I mean, I sit here and I'll tell you, listen. They won. They won a national title. Okay, they won a national title with Vince Young, and they won a handful. They won a couple of Big Twelve titles. But I mean, that is that's such a cold, cold video that I almost came away feeling bad about it, Josh. I really did. I mean, what a great recruiting tool to use against them, but. In the same vein, it's just like, man, it, they invite you on their campus, you're on a tour, and you basically look up and clown where their football program is as compared to their swimming program. Uh, and it's and track and field, too. Those are two really good programs. All they got is swimming trophies and S, <laughs> no football trophies. <laughs> I just – I, I I love it because it's Texas. Tiger Woods Par. I hate it because it could be just about anyone. Man, your feet is way ahead of mine. Sorry. It, did Tiger Woods already par the first hole? Yes, sir. Up and down. Oh. Mission accomplished. Gosh. My God. Did, I, I kind of lost true. Did he talk about how the Roughnecks had been out there? Was that what he brought up for the softball First softball, game? yeah. Yeah. Roughnecks are out there. Um, I think I even – I think you even saw some cheers, cheer pomp. Wait, what am I saying? Some pom squad cheerleaders. The uh, marketing crew has been out there in full effect. They've had really cool giveaways the last, well, this entire season. Hey, can I, since he brought up getting out, seeing the Roughnecks, we did a, it's 1019 on the Plank Show. I know we, we owe you a break. Why am I making this sound like it's a, it's a radio a play-by-play broadcast. We know we owe you a break. We'll get it for the stations. We'll get it after this next birdie or two. After this, after this second birdie, we'll check in. But we did an event last night for the Trophy Club. And for those that aren't familiar with what the Trophy Club is, it's it's basically a a, a fan group to support Sooner softball. At the simplest explanation. It's an organized group of people that love Sooner softball and want to support the program and our fans. And uh, we've done a – well, listen to me, Dylan Stanley. We, the Sooner Club has put together a couple of really cool events over you know, the last couple of weeks for Trophy Club members, and I hope it continues to encourage you to join and be a part of the Trophy Club. I mean, we did a – pre-game tailgate last night, Josh, that opened up two hours before first pitch. And we had great food. They had cold beers if you wanted them. They had uh, goodies. Um, I was out there with Coach. Coach Casso came by. We were talking about maybe the next time we do this, we just we do our pre-game radio interview live for everyone that's out there so they could hear from coach Sid Romero fall of you Shannon sale Kylie Lundberg were all out there shaking hands and kissing babies and just talking softball and it was really cool and it's something that 
I won't say we we, but it's something that OU softball and the Sooner Club are very excited about continuing to grow. So if you listen to this show because you found us through softball, I'm grateful. If you listen to this show and you wonder why we talk so much softball, I would encourage you to get out and and take in a game or listen to a game. But if you've been a part of this show and you've often asked and thought, how can I get more involved? What can I do? Go join the trophy club. It's, It's not a massive, you don't need to be a massive donor to be a part of it. It's, it's just a way to support the program and get access to really cool game day festivities. And that tailgate was awesome. And you know why that tailgate was over the top awesome last night, Josh Helmer? Have I told you the great, I haven't even told Toby this. I haven't even talked to Stats Kelly about this. Do you know what the greatest moment of last night's tailgate was before the game? What was that? Coach Merv was there. Wow, that is awesome. It was awesome. I hadn't seen Coach in a minute. Uh, I feel like every time he's somewhere, I miss him. When we would have uh, – when, when Toby and the crew went by to say hey to Coach, um, I was I was working, and I hadn't seen Coach in, in a minute. And Coach Merv was out there, big softball fan in great spirits, met his daughter, his son-in-law, big – Big Plank Show fans love them some Josh Elmer. They listen every single day. Uh, they're, I think they're up in Chicago still, but they listen in on the app. But my heart was full after that tailgate last night because I saw a Coach, and I saw him getting to take in a little Sooner softball. And it was, it was a really, really neat moment. And Coach loves softball. We want you to love softball. Join the Sooner or well, join the Sooner Club, but be a part of the Trophy Club today at SoonerSports.com slash trophy club. Who knows? Maybe even Merv Johnson will magically show up at your tailgate party. Huh? I'm glad to hear that. Wow, they really glad to hear that coach was there, man. That is so cool. He was there and he was in great spirits. I told Coach Gasso after the game that when uh oh, he just he just hit a missile off the tee. On the second tee box. Tiger a little dialed in after that par. I told Coach Caso out to the game that, you know, Coach and, and I, I, I would pick his brain a lot and I would bug him a lot. But the most that we kind of just sat and, and chatted was whenever he found out I was doing softball and he was so excited for me. He was pumped. He loves him some Sooner softball. So good to see Coach Merv. I can report he's in good spirits and I appreciate the never-ending support of, of his family and his friends. It was really, really neat last night. All right, quick break. When we come back, Tiger Woods has parred the first hole, and we'll play you the audio of his first shot back after being out of golf for essentially two years after a horrific car crash. It's the Plank Show. Our Masters updates are brought to you by Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. Um, are you ready? Blue, by the way, bluecollardrains.com. Check them out. You ready to hear one of the more overly dramatic play-by-play calls you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> oh, I was born ready for this. Okay, now, I want to be clear with you. I think everything leading up to it is awesome. 
Now, you got to stay with this for a little bit, okay? This is courtesy of Masters Radio. But my man has something that he wants to say, and he's not going to let Tiger's swing get in the way of it. So I'm just I'm preparing you for that right now, Josh Helmer. Are you ready? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Start. This is starting with Tiger walking up to the team. So there's some ambiance and some background to it. As the Masters members and all of the patrons greet Tiger Woods. Walking through, shaking hands, doing all the things you have to do. The birds chirping. Here comes the announcement. Tiger bending down to put a tee in the ground. Please, now driving, Tiger Woods. We'll call each and every one of Tiger's shots today in his first round in the Masters. And for the play-by-play story, here's Fred Albers. Just an electric moment. The patrons looking on, a moment that many of us doubted that we would see. Tiger Woods on the first tee of the Masters, trying to win for the sixth time. Tiger, Tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame by fearful symmetry. We have contact this drifting out to the left-hand side. Tiger Woods trying to win the Masters for another time. That's going to be on the right-hand side and short of the bunker. There you go. Drifting out to the left-hand side, and that's going to be on the right-hand side, (laughs) just shy of the bunker. (laughs) Tiger, Tiger, there? dreamy eye, or <laughs> whatever. You Listen, just I'll be said. the first one to admit that maybe there's a story to that that I don't know. Um, maybe that's what Tiger wanted him to say. I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine that. <laughs> but that that did seem a little bit odd. It's like where where did that come from? Unless every single play, I'm going to start doing every single play by play call in softball. Like that from here on out. Oh, my gosh. Tiger's second shot. Oof. Call that a lullaby broadcast. Is that... <laughs> yeah, stepping to the plate right now is Jocelyn Allo. Jossie, Jossie, let it fly. Jossie, Jossie, it's on the rise. Jossie, oh. Jossie. Oh, my. <laughs> what was that? So that I'm not the only one that came away thinking that was a little bit odd, right? Uh, no, yeah, that was very strange. I, I want to hear okay. the rest of the broadcast now, though. I will say that. He's you know, piqued right? my interest. Is it? Here comes the second shot. Tiger Woods swinging the club, looking down. Got no rub. I don't know. I mean, it's just what is this the whole day on Masters Radio? Is this what I got to deal with? Yeah, I think I'm following uh, the wrong broadcast. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Tiger Woods is officially back, baby, back. All right, um, 10.33. Anything that's caught your eye with how they're playing? By the way, Josh, anything that's kind of stood out to you? I know you haven't had a chance to watch a ton, but doesn't doesn't seem like we're we're setting the course on fire yet, but usually those numbers can be a little bit bigger early. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably what's caught my attention the most is that, I mean, you have some folks that are on the back nine of Augusta already. Patrick Harrington is, I mean, he's furthest along. He's tied with a bunch of guys that are just one under par 
We've seen a couple of guys get it to two under and then fall back, but Patrick Harrington, one under through ten. So if you thought the rain was going to soften this thing up enough to where these guys were just going to go out and, you know, somebody shoot a six or seven under today, it doesn't look that way yet. At least the pin locations from the grounds crew at Augusta National, they are challenging these golfers here early today. All right, we got a break. When we come back, let's get you a little bit more Joe John Finley. Plus, uh, Nicole May from postgame yesterday for the Sooners talks about the run that the Sooner staff has been on and much more. On opening day two for Major League Baseball. Can we – I know I owe a top five stories of the day. But, Josh, after we talk to Joey, uh, and maybe the final question for Joey could lead right into this – can we do a quick little snapshot baseball preview at like 11.20 this morning? Are you cool with that? I would love that. Yeah, no, huge series coming up this weekend. Massive. Quick break. It's Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Did you see the uh, announcement that just hit the, the inbox? I thought this was pretty cool. They have announced the return of the OU coaches' caravans. How cool is that? It had become a summer staple. The coaches' caravan will return for 2022, and it's it's not messing around, Josh Helmer. The first date for the caravan is April 28th in Tulsa at Canes. What's up, Chad Rogers? Let's go, Doc Rock. Canes Ballroom. For the coaches' caravan on April 28th, they'll also be in Amarillo. They'll be at Duncan. They're heading back to Houston, Dallas. They're going to Wichita and, of course, here in Oklahoma City. Bro, how awesome is that to see? I love these events. Now, uh, uh, let me be real clear. I never, like, really get invited to these events. <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty low on the depth chart as far as uh, opportunities to maybe play a role in these events. But I've always enjoyed when I've had the opportunity to, to go to the caravans. I think they're great. I love – I mean, because everyone loves to see coaches in their element when they coach. But at caravans, you get to see kind of coaches in a different world, right? You get to see them uh, around fans, around friends. You get to see them a little bit in a – gosh, dare I say, a casual kind of looser environment. And – I know it might be a minimal thing for some, but to to me, Josh Helmer, you know, we've kind of everyone likes to say that we're back, baby, right? With with the Masters and and full uh, full attendance at events now, and and masking minimized, if not even around in places outside of an airport. I mean, in all honesty, the whole we're back having caravans around. That's a pretty nice little right hook to the old uh the old gut to tell you i mean in a good way to kind of wake you up to let you know we're back baby let's go i'm fired up for the caravans and i feel like we always get something good out of the caravans from coaches right it's a stamp that we have made our return to normalcy which is great and obviously these are awesome events for the fans uh you know from Sooner Nation. Everybody uh, in a bunch of these different cities get to come out and meet these coaches, which is great. And this is a great coaching staff to get to hear from, man, let me tell you. 
Yeah, uh, it's going to be awesome. So uh, I'll roll through the dates a little bit later on if you want to drill a little bit deeper. But they have it all right now at Soonersports.com. That's Soonersports.com. All right, uh, real quick, because I promised Nicole May, she was asked after her five complete game, two-hit, uh, what, five, six, seven strikeout performance about Lindsey Elam and the kind of leader that Lindsey Elam has been for this team and what she's meant to her as a pitcher. Oh, I hate it when this happens. But here we go. It, it went back a little bit too far. Let's try now. Yeah, one of the best leaders, captains I've ever played for. This year, last year, ever. Um, like, no matter if she's playing, if she's not, if she's doing well, if she's not, like, her attitude stays the same and her expectations for our team stays the same. She never, it's never up and down. Like, she's always, like, we're supposed to be up here. Um, so I think that's really important. And then also having her as a catcher, like, same thing, having that level of accountability for me. Um, I think is great. As a team that mashes, Josh, how incredible is it to see what they're doing in the circle right now, just from top to bottom? As someone who – and Joey's coming on with us next hour. Joey uh, was there last night. He's written about it for OU Insider. He's kind of dug into the numbers. But to see this team that can consistently mash be able to go out and do the things that they're doing this year in the circle, that's, that's pretty awesome. They've been dominant. They, they've got a dominant staff right now. It's not just Jordy Ball. It's Jordy and Hope Troutwine and Nicole May. And you feel good about all three being able to go out there and really stymie an opposing lineup. And we saw that again, obviously, last night with Nicole May. Here is a, a little bit more, too, from Coach Gasso. Um, when... Was the reason why I did a lot of what I did today. Um, looking back, to be quite honest, I wish I would have done this more against UAB. I, it's hard when you're around such talented, strong athletes, and you just know they can change the game in one second. What we are doing is station to station. You're seeing a steal a base and hit a ground ball, move the runner to third, long fly ball tag up score we're doing it fundamentally and it's as beautiful as hitting home runs but I just everybody likes home runs including me so I just kind of sit back sometimes when I I felt like I should have done a little bit more last time Um, so those are that's a wake-up call for me to identify when we need a little more of that action Um, so so I, I like that from a – I mean, listen, Patty Gasso is the, the the greatest of all time right now. I mean, she's just incredible. She's a living legend. But how cool is it to hear someone say, you know what, probably should have done X a little bit more on Saturday. And now that you see how proficient this team can be at – I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I say small ball. I don't even know – Josh, I don't know if they had a ball that got to the wall last night. Maybe one. And that's not a knock, right? It's just it's where that they it's where they were placing the ball and how they were taking advantage of what was in front of them. It just shows that this team, man, can attack you in a lot of different ways. And that hasn't typically been Oklahoma's MO to small ball a bunch of teams to death, but to have that ability, of course this team 
can small ball if they want to. They just typically, you know, the, the offense is so good that you kind of just roll with the power and run. But it's nice to see that they can execute that if need be. It's fun to watch, man. It's uh, fun to watch. All right, Texas Tech coming up this week, and that's Coach Castle. We'll get to her uh, in the top five. We'll get more from Coach in the top five stories of the day. Hey, meanwhile, one other follow-up before Josh gives us a Masters update. And, by the way, our Masters updates all weekend long, we're pumped to welcome on a, uh, a new partner that's, I think, just absolutely incredible. It's Blue Collar Drains. Blue Collar Drain Solution. Standing water out of your yard with French drains and help protect the lawns and foundations in homes. BlueCollarDrains.com. Check them out. We'll get a master's update here in a second. But I wanted I wanted one more from Joe John real quick in this segment since I promised it. We've got a lot of Daniel Parker to get to. His perspective on Daniel Parker – the position move whenever Joe John was coaching him at, at Missouri where uh, Parker was a defensive end and came in Joe John's room and he was able to develop him. But I I love the angle of the question about kind of coaching philosophies, right? Here is a, a, a new head coach and an offensive coordinator who has been an offensive coordinator before but it, and, and is going to be a head coach someday. But how – how is he adjusted, or what does he see different? Joe John Finley, who worked with Jeff Levy, we got to just working together. But how different is it? Is there a, is there a system that Jeff Levy says, this is what we have, this is what we, we do, or is there flexibility built in? Here's what Joe John Finley had to say yeah, about absolutely. that. Absolutely. So that's there, – there, there's two types of coaches. You know what I mean? I've been around coaches. This is the system. I'm, I'm recruiting people for this system, and this is what we're going to do. And that's what they know, and they don't want to – they don't want to learn anything new because they believe in what works. And at the end of the day, most guys go back to what they believe works. Uh, now, we, Coach Levy has been lucky enough to be around some great offensive minds. And so every time, every stop that he's been, he's picked up a little wrinkle here and there. And then, obviously, you know, you look back to uh, UCF, uh, defenses are different. You know, I mean, they, they're going to try to find ways to not let you have 600 yards of offense a game, you know, and so they, they come up with ways, and then now it's on us to, hey, how do we defeat that? And so part of it is, is you know, how the defense has changed, and part of it is, you know, just being with different coaches, great offensive minds. You're going to pick up great things from all of them, and, and uh, you'd be crazy not to, to put them in your offense. Yeah, I, I think adjustability, adaptability, whichever way you want to put it, uh, I mean, it's what Kale Gundy talked about whenever Lincoln Riley came here, but it's kind of cool to hear Joe John Finley, Josh, talk about what Jeff Lebby's offense is going to look like because Jeff Lebby has an offense, right? He has what he believes in. He called the plays at Ole Miss. He called the plays at UCF. Jeff Lebby called plays um, whenever he spent his year. Oh, gosh, why did I just blank on the school? Southern. Uh, whenever he's there, I think it was a school that had the same name as a school in Oklahoma, but it was actually in, in what, Florida or Alabama. Anyway, I – it's irrelevant. He's got his system. What changes do we see, right? And, Josh, I think that's going to be a fascinating thing going forward with Jeff Levy and his approach as an offensive coordinator here in Norman. And I don't know that you change a whole lot, right? I mean, it's been right. super successful what he's been doing. So I think you just implement what you've been doing at Oklahoma. Exactly. All right, quick break. Uh, it is 1049. The Plank Show is on the road at Cavens Construction. You want to – is there anything that jumped out at you? I promised a Masters update before the break. Any name, any number near the top? 
I just think Tiger Woods is off to a nice nice start. I think he looks good. I'm impressed. We'll get you a full scoreboard update coming up here in just a bit. It's a plank show. It's weird because as we welcome you back into the plank show right here on the ref, I'll be watching the Masters here at Cavens Construction where we spend our Thursdays. And literally, Josh, your feed is like two shots ahead of me. Like you've already got Tiger, what, moving on to the fourth hole by now? Yes, he is on flowering crab apple. <laughs> right. He is now putting for par on three on my feed. <laughs> hey, one thing I want to get to um, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref for Masters Updates brought to you. Uh, all day long by an incredible new partner that uh, we think do, does an incredible job, Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. You can learn more at bluecollardrains.com. So we're going to talk a lot about the Masters today and following Tiger, who is through three. He's teeing off at four. And in in my world, Josh Helmer, Tiger just sunk the par putt. <laughs> it is good. I think I, I think what it is, I think ESPN is waiting until uh, after he finishes the hole to go back and show you. And you're watching live on the Masters website, right? I think yes. that's the delay. It's got to be. Yep, I am, I am watching on uh, Masters.com. Before we go to – before Joey Helmer joins us next hour, big brother Joey Helmer, you know this time of year – is a a time for me to fall in love with the NFL draft. And today one of those one of those signature moments that the draft is here arose whenever Dane Brugler released his beast. And for those that aren't complete and total draft nerds like myself, um, the beast is Dane Brugler, who is an NFL draft guy for the athletic. It is his full look, 288 pages at the NFL draft. And it's thorough, it's complete, and it's kind of interesting for some Sooner guys. Let me, for instance, let me give you Nick Benito, right? Here in in Nick Benito, you're looking at a guy that I feel like I'm a little bit higher on than most because, well, let's, let's just be honest, I've seen this guy play over the last ever in his career, and I think he's got the chance to be pretty special. But in his position rankings, I was a little bit set back because – Dane Brugler, and and maybe it's more of a product of how deep the class of, of edge rushers truly are, he only had Benito as his 11th best edge rusher in the draft. And to be honest with you, it kind of felt like that was a little bit low. I mean, he has Isaiah Thomas, Josh, as his 23rd ranked edge rusher. But in the same vein, ahead of him is not really too many guys I can argue with. And 
he's got basically seven edge rushers with first-round grades. So we'll see. I don't know if he can sneak in the first round, but Nick Benito, interesting case study for the NFL. It's a plank show. Hi, right, welcome back to the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We're watching the Masters today from Cavens Construction. Got our top five stories of the day coming up here in just a bit. Carve out a little baseball talk here on opening day, and we say hello as we do every single Thursday at 11 a.m. to Joey Helmer from OUinsider.com. Joey, that was some kind of wind we were dealing with last night, and like every so often it would take a little bit of a break. And it stopped blowing for like five seconds. And then you would just get that straight wind in. I know you you talked to Coach Gasso post-game last night as well. I, kind of a different look, and I liked it. I, I liked the way that this team looked like. I, I love it. You know, it's we're, we're so used to seeing Oklahoma just <laughs> pound the softball over, out over the fence. And uh, last night was, dare I say, um, if anyone that uh, on the coaching staff is uh, listening here, it, it was un- it was unusual with, with how Oklahoma plays. It was kind of like how Alabama plays. They hit you with that that small ball stuff a lot, and that can be really really frustrating uh, when defending defending someone that executes that right. And Oklahoma clearly shows it's got another. Uh, aspect to its game that it can utilize. I, I, I love seeing that. The Jocelyn and Aloe, hey, if you're going to you know, stand that far behind uh, the bag, then yeah, I'll just lay one down and we'll, we'll run a squeeze play. And um, you know, Jada Coleman is so dangerous. I, I, I've been <laughs> saying this since she uh, stepped on campus that um, she, you know, she's got gap power. She can obviously hit it out. And with how fast she is, She's a threat to do what she did last night any single time she comes to the plate. So, um, you know, put that, that was impressive, putting that uh, through the uh, third base shortstop, right past the third baseman there for a, a run, basically a squeeze, a slap squeeze play. So yeah. um, o- Oklahoma is just so, so dangerous on so many levels. When you look up and down the lineup, too, I mean, it's, there's just no weak spots with this team. Someone had uh, dropped, and I don't know if it was you, Joey, but for all the talk about you know defensive struggles, the error number is is up a little bit. And someone had tweeted at me, said you guys had dug a little bit deeper into the numbers. Was it as bad as maybe we've we we might feel like it is, or is are the numbers still about the same over the last few years, errors wise? Yeah, you, you know, I'll have to look at that. I, I thought it was interesting uh, the uh, other day in our our pregame or kind of our recap um, interview of last weekend and last week, um, Patty Gasso brought up a point that, you know, a lot of these errors have been throwing errors. And those are, you know, even yep. – we never, never see this. Uh, you know, Grace Lyons never makes errors. And um, she, she threw one pass first on a potential double play last night. Th- these are correctable errors. And so that's – you know, it'd be one thing if you felt like you had um, a, a team that was not a great defensive team. This is a great defensive team that has made some very uncharacteristic errors that you feel are entirely correctable. And, and so, um, from that standpoint, 
Uh, it's not quite as concerning, I don't believe. I, I would have to, um, and now that you say that, I'm, I'm curious to kind of um, compare uh, where they're at defensively in terms of errors from uh, this year compared to season past. But um, I, I'm not that concerned. I, I take kind of Gasso's stance on the fact that it's like, well, these aren't going to keep continuing. We're, we're not going to keep, you know, overthrowing <laughs> – first base on a double play that's not going to happen this team's too good defensively for that yeah that that's that's a great point and uh, i'll dig into those numbers as well but it's always one of those things i feel like where i say man this seems like it's so much more or so much less than it was the year before and then you look at the numbers and it's usually just about the same but uh, we'll we'll dig a little deeper. The defense looked really good last night outside of one mistake. Sooners win at 9-zip off to Lubbock. Meanwhile, uh, Joey, we're going to talk a little Sooner baseball later, but I got to know, I, you know, Josh is being a little low-key about it, but you've got to be excited about Bobby Witt Jr. Now, I know I've seen pictures of Joey Helmer on the Internet with Atlanta Braves jerseys on, but I know at the core, <laughs> Joey, there's got to be some royal pride in there, and to see Bobby Witt Jr. getting this opportunity this quickly is – is exciting for Oklahomans, I think, to see this chance for him. Josh can tell you the amount of times that we sat at the house last year and yelled at the TV screen that Bobby Witt needed to be brought up to the big leagues. And so, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly we're, we're pretty excited that, um, yeah, he's, he's arrived. And that was a cool reception um, that Salvi and uh, Whit Merrifield, and, and I'm trying to think who else, uh, was kind of waiting on him when they they brought him up, uh, and they were they were in the clubhouse or in the office or somewhere, and all of them uh, were waiting on him and said, "Welcome to the show, kid." So that was that was kind of a cool deal, and yeah, absolutely, uh, as someone that uh, we we thought potentially, you know, he's um, signed or you know he's a sooner and. Um, now he's a royal, and um, so it's exciting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, uh, let, let's jump to football, and I'll let uh, Josh jump in here as well too. But, again, just so much to kind of sift through, right? Even in the in the media avails, you've got uh, a couple of players that are there now. It's kind of feeling like the good old days, if you will. But let's just start with Jay Valai, who, to me – embodies everything you want in an assistant coach, right? Young, enthusiastic, athletic, looks like he can play the position. I, that was the first time I'd heard Coach Valai talk. Take me through kind of your perception and interpretation of the energy and the passion he brings. Yeah, you, you know, I think the thing that sticks out to me um, about Jay Valai and all the players have talked about it. The fact that he's played the position, I think he's so, and you could see it when speaking with him, he's so relatable, right? And that helps on so many levels. And that's not to talk about, about Roy Manning, but, um, you know, when a guy has played the position that you're playing, you, you just connect on a different level. And so, I, I think that's absolutely uh, been a key. And, and you look across the board for Oklahoma, uh, DeMarco Murray, Joe John Finley, you know, it, it, it's it's multiple um, instances of that where that's the case. And so uh, that's a, a big-time positive um, for players when 
you know, they're, they're in the daily grind right now of spring football. And obviously when a fall camp arrives, it, it's not all fun. It, it's not. It, it, it's an absolute right. uh, beast of a time. And so um, to have that position coach that has been through that grind and truly understands it is a really important thing. Well, what do you think about Oklahoma's cornerbacks? We we heard Jay Valai talk a little bit about some of those guys. Where is Oklahoma at in that regard? Yeah, you know, it's obviously one of the uh, areas of, of question mark when you uh, come in to this season. Uh, we'll see as far as the depth there, what they're able to um, kind of put together. Woody Washington, obviously, is a veteran of the group. Uh, DJ Graham wants to take it to another level, so... Uh, there's some talent there, uh, obviously, and uh, we'll, we'll see what they're able to put together. But uh, what, DJ Graham specifically um, seems really, really uh, caught up in kind of a, a racing – not a racing, I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, not being a one-trick pony. I think everyone right now thinks about go. him, and rightly so, um, about the – that acrobatic interception in the Nebraska game. But he kind of wants to distance himself from that. And so uh, I think that's a positive. When you hear from that cornerback room, things like that, that these guys are they're competing uh, on the islands. And uh, it, it's quite frankly, it's been a while since Oklahoma has had really, really competitive defensive backfield play. And I think that's the task right now. Uh, for, for Coach Hall and, and Jay is um, th- to get that competitive defensive back play back on the field for Oklahoma. You know, it's it's interesting, too, because Jay Vly mentions a couple names that maybe some had forgotten about. I mean, I've, I've been a big mark for Josh Eaton since he came on campus. I love his size. I Obviously, you want him to get a little stronger, but to hear him mention it, and the, the, the second one was – um, oh gosh, it just it, it it was so forgettable that I even forgot the name that he had mentioned. But uh, at least in guys who hadn't been talked about or, or brought up for a while. So from your perspective and what we were able, Kendall Dennis, I think was the name that he had mentioned as well too. From some of the name and and Jane Davis was even brought up as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to hear more than just the three guys talked about. Now again, they got to go out and prove it, and they've got to do it in games, and they've got to have that. The coaches have to have the confidence in them, but. To me, it was it was really cool to hear names like Joshua Eaton mentioned. Um, to to hear a name like Kendall Dennis brought up, who was so talked about whenever he was signed out of Lakeland, to to see you know kind of that that room where, in all honesty, you're going to need more than just you know two or three guys. And I don't know, Joey. Maybe I fall for the the depth conversations and some of the spring flash. But I thought that was pretty exciting for Sooner fans to hear some different names being talked about, too. Yeah, definitely. Can I Walker, a transfer from uh, from Louisville? Yeah. And, uh, a lot on him. That, I think that's a thing for Oklahoma, too, is do, do, do you feel like you're three deep or do you feel like you're deeper at that position there? Because uh, I think it's important to you know have four or five guys that you feel like can comfortably uh, come in and, and be good and uh, not get beat uh, again on uh, the outside in those spots. 
um, where teams kind of try and stretch the field on you. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that that uh, group at cornerback comes together, the safeties as well, and it's it's very important. There's no doubt about that. How do you see defensive end, defensive tackles? Where are you sort of at with all of those groups? I think everybody envisions Jalen Redmond to be a star on this defense, but beyond that, how do you see things shaking out? Yeah, uh, the inside battle to me is interesting uh, between Coe, Jordan Kelly, Jeffrey Johnson, who uh, I've talked about quite a bit and I think is going to potentially be a a pretty solid impact player for Oklahoma. And then, uh, as you mentioned, uh, is this going to be – uh, the year where Jalen Redmond, you know, really, really breaks out. Ethan Downs is a guy that um, people are – we got to speak with him the other day. Um, you could tell just how excited he is about uh, the new system and, and getting his hand down in it. And um, a lot of people think he's going to really, really emerge this season. I could certainly see it, the Weatherford product. And so um, Oklahoma obviously has – some pieces to replace there. Uh, Perion Winfrey, gosh, man, how good has he been in the lead up to the draft? Isaiah Thomas had such a good uh, late part of his career, and so there's some pieces to replace there. And that that's another. You know, when you look at Oklahoma defensively right now, uh, the linebacker positions a concern as well. It's just it's so interesting. You have all these moving pieces. I mean, you asked about the defensive line, but you have all these different moving pieces, and then you have an entirely new coaching staff that's working with these pieces. So it's just so intriguing on so many levels right now on that side of the ball. Hey, uh, two more quick ones, and we'll let you get out of here. First, we talked corners. We talked defensive ends. We also had a chance to hear from Joe John Finley yesterday as – well, so I'm curious, kind of in a lot of talk about Daniel Parker, and understandably so, but he, ta- he talked about the Llewellyns and some of the new guys. I, I think that has a chance to be a sneaky, really good room this year. Uh, I would agree. Caden Helms um, from Nebraska. First Nebraska player to sign since sometime in, like, the 70s, wow. I believe. So, um yeah, we'll we'll see what um, he's able to do with that group. I too think, um, you know, Braden Willis obviously is a, a veteran who uh, decided to come back and uh, what really wants to show uh, showcase his abilities in catching it and uh, you know receiving and uh, doing everything he does at that position. A tremendous leader for that group as well. So, yeah, but I, I'm intrigued to see. Uh, how those two freshmen come along. And um, Daniel Parker, as you mentioned, yeah, is uh, another veteran presence in that room that um, is is good. I think that they definitely have a, a potential to be very solid in that tight end H-back group. Uh, and then finally, at OUinsider.com, you guys have a massive community of, of OU fans that, that talk Sooner football every single day from your message boards to the interactions that you have. I know it's kind of tough to tell right now, but the sense I get and the people that I talk to, it seems as if this is, and understandably so with a new coach, 
but I don't know if I've seen as much buzz, excitement, energy, juice, whatever you want to say around April 23rd, around the spring game, as I've seen in a while. I get it the Nunes. I get it the Baker Mayfield trophy. But, I mean, I don't know. Joey, if we start talking numbers, I think there's a chance that we have a phenomenal turnout for the spring game on April 23rd. What's kind of the feeling you're getting right now? Oh, I completely agree. If people have asked me for a number, and I've told them my response to that has been, I don't know if I can predict the number, but it's Mm going to be large. And it's going to be a really good crowd. And, yes, I've covered the team since I, I started in 2007. And I got to tell you, obviously, 08, 09, there's a lot of buzz surrounding the program. But just from in terms from the fan base, uh, perhaps some of it is because um, some of the – I don't want to say fell off. That's not the right way to put it. Um, some of the fan base felt kind of disconnected, I guess. Um, and now they feel connected again. And because of that – um, you, you see this new wave, and it, it's really exciting. There's just a ton of buzz around the team right now. So um, I, I think it's maybe as much buzz as I have ever seen in my time covering the team. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I expect a good crowd, no doubt about it. We're a couple of weeks away, and um, I think we just hit the halfway point in spring football, and – it's coming up, and it's exciting times. Hmm. OUinsider.com at Joey Helmer 247. Joey, enjoy all the sports fun this week. Opening day, the Masters, softball, and tech, baseball against OSU. It's a fun week ahead, man. I'm trying to balance it all. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to balance it all, guys. Well, <laughs> we, we appreciate you bringing it on with us, man. Talk again next Thursday. That's Joey Helmer. Thanks, guys. See you, bud. OUinsider.com. Big brother over on Twitter at Joey Helmer 247. It's almost a quick little sidebar here. 11. Wow. It's, it's hour three already at 1120. I, every so often I'll look up here. I'm watching. I've got, for some reason, the masters on two screens right now, but I'll look up and I'll see tiger hitting a shot, like his second shot here on the par four fifth. And literally Josh, there is a moment where I'm like, this isn't a practice round. This isn't, um, a charity tournament. This is in the middle of a Masters. And, oh, my goodness, what a shot. Tiger Woods is in position to where he could drop to one under. And he's playing well, man. He's off to a good start in this Masters tournament. I mean, I think the main thing, everybody wanted to see these first few holes, and obviously it, this will get magnified as we go along, is just how his body holds up throughout the entirety of 18 holes and you know, beyond this weekend, but first couple of holes, you were just kind of wondering, okay, can he hang on and not have a blow up hole? And so far, I mean, he's looking really, really steady. I agree. Tiger was looking really good. So we'll keep tabs on it as the show rolls on. As a matter of fact, I'd have the scoreboard pulled up here. Uh, Higgs currently the leader at two under. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know too terribly much about Harry Higgs, but he is at two under. Through the first nine, uh, Taylor Gooch, not to be confused with former uh, Tulsa quarterback Tyler Gooch. Taylor Gooch uh, through seven holes. Midwest City native. Right now. That's right. And 
he's in one under through seven, and Berger is right there at one under through six as well, Daniel Berger, as a fairly tight leaderboard, but not a lot of dudes running away with it. And our Masters updates brought to you this uh, week and this weekend by Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. Learn more at bluecollardrains.com. All right, 11-22, quick break. We'll come back, get caught up on all the news. Opening day, Major League Baseball's here. We're playing ball, and we'll talk about it next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We've all been on Tiger Watch this morning. Don't tell me what happens here. On the fourth hole, he or on the fifth hole, par four, he has a birdie putt. Uh, looks like he drained. Oh, no. I nigh. It rimmed out on him. That's a good sign. I think when you have a putt that rims out early, Josh, that means the rest of the round is uh, the golf gods owe you one from here on out. Well, it is a good sign that he's seeing lines out there well. I mean, it's not like that was right next to the cup. He had to read the green a little bit. So he's playing well. He's looking sharp. Yeah, it's looking good. Josh Helmer, noted golf insider. You can hear him on the Gimme Zone Saturday morning from 10 to noon. Your analysis so far is thumbs up, feeling good as it pertains to one Tiger Woods. Absolutely. He, he looks like he belongs right now. He is really, really looking good through five holes. I know he doesn't have anything on the, um, on the scorecard in the way of birdies yet, but he's, he's ready to play in this Masters, man. He looks good. For, for a guy who said, hey, what's kind of the, the goal for this week, you know, I, I think I can win this. But then also in that, Josh, who talked about just being here is a major accomplishment. <laughs> Look at that shot. Just being here is a major accomplishment. That's a that's a really good sign to see how Tiger's playing early on. Let's, we've, we've been through a handful of Tiger Woods comebacks that haven't gone so well, right? And typically, you know, they're not at Augusta. <laughs> you know, typically those might be in, uh, I don't want to say lesser tournaments, but not necessarily majors. And most major performances outside of 2020 here at Augusta haven't been all that favorable for Tiger. So it's it's good to see him performing well. I wanted to carve out a couple of different baseball conversations, but let me, let me throw a few notes so I can close some tabs here real quick. We've talked a lot of softball in Oklahoma's 9-zip win last night. What I haven't brought up were a couple of other intriguing games. Florida State and Florida played a doozy last night, Josh. Florida State ended up winning it 4-2. Sid Sherrill with a, a big home run in the 10th inning basically ended up being the difference for Florida State as they went it 4-2 in 10. And now, you know, just if you start looking around, the college softball landscape and you start thinking about some of the big games that are coming up, Florida has to hop right out of the frustration of a very challenging midweek loss to Florida State, and they've got to dive, I mean, right back into the heart of conference play with arguably one of the biggest series of the season against Alabama. And, you know, one thing that, dude, this is a, this is a complete sidebar, okay, and this is taking us – down a side road that is really inside baseball and softball. But 
the SEC is doing a lot more Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. And that had always been a thing in the Pac-12. And that Sunday games on ESPN, too, for Florida and Alabama, their Saturday games on ESPN. I can't help but wonder if, as we start thinking about Oklahoma's transition to the SEC, if we might see more Sunday afternoon evening games followed by a Monday night game, which I'm here for. I think is awesome. But Florida-Alabama this weekend in a big one in the SEC. And now a lot of people feel like that, that Florida State is the number two to Oklahoma right now. They've, they've looked the part. I, I'll tell you this much. And they're, they're old. They've got a veteran group. They're 36-2 and two on the season. But they've, they've got a pretty big one on the horizon this weekend too as they take on number four Virginia Tech at home. So Florida and Florida State last night played great game, 10 innings. Florida State wins it 4-2. to two, But now each team has arguably the two biggest matchups in softball so far this season. Florida State hosting Virginia Tech in a three-game set. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Georgia, Florida. What did I just say? Uh, Florida, Alabama uh, getting after it Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Also, Oklahoma State, always a challenge whenever you take on Wichita State. Cowgirls won it last night, uh, four to one. Wichita State had some opportunities, but uh, I mean, I I didn't know much <laughs> last night from Day, but she was solid, four and a third, scattering two hits. Oklahoma State, by the way, what did Tiger just do something good? I don't know. I guess you'll have to wait to see. Are they going to show it here? Okay, that's right. I'm very far. Thank you for your patience. Ah, where's the spoiler alert on that one? Huh? Thank you, Josh. Uh, anyway, Oklahoma State at 29-6 on the season. Really good squad. Um, they, they've got a tough one this weekend. They go, to, they go to Ames, and I know Iowa State just got beat by Northern Iowa last night, but Iowa State nearly took two from Texas. Oh, my. Tiger nearly had an ace. <laughs> He'll drop to one under after tapping that in. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Remember whatever he talked about, how he's not worried about his swing? Josh, I think we just saw that moment, did we not? Yeah, he's oh my. he's looking all right with the iron play. Okay, we got it. You want to find the call of that? There's got to be a good call of that, right? All right, we'll dig it up during the break and come back with it. Oh, my word. Tiger Woods, as the kids would say, balling here early on at the Masters. As um, the guys at Barstool would always say, things you love to see. Wow. Dude, that's a sh- they're, they're replaying it over and over, and I can't get enough of it. All right, quick break. When we come back to the Plank Show, we'll get you caught up on the Masters scoreboard throughout the day. We're live at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. Little news. We'll do a um, – what does it call whenever two bands come together, like a super group, dance mix version? We'll have a dance mix version, a mashup of the news according to Josh and the top five stories today next. Joy LaCava and Tiger Woods agreeing on whole location and club into this par 360, known as Juniper. It's an elevated T, big swale. There used to be a stream that cut underneath it that was eventually covered up, rerouted. And it is a back right hole location, 14 on, 5 off the right-hand side. Got a really 
dial in the yardage here because it is a very small window to get this ball close. Tiger Woods, even par, ready to play into our par three. Tiger comes in on the left-hand side. That ball needs to move a little bit for him. Oh, it does. That's right by the cup. Tiger Woods, who was robbed of a birdie on the last hole, hits a spectacular iron into this par three. <laughs> Courtesy of Masters Radio on Sirius XM. How cool is that, Josh Helmer? Well, well described there, right? I mean, he was. It lipped right in and out on the previous hole. We could be talking about Tiger Woods at two under par. Instead, though, Tiger Woods into red figures in this 2022 Masters for the first time this week. Masters updates brought to you by BlueCollarDrains.com. That's Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. Standing water, get, get it out. Get it out of your yard with French drains. Help protect the lawns and foundations in your home. BlueCollarDrains.com. Now, we are on location on this Thursday at Cavens Construction. CavensConstruction.com. And, Josh, to hit the sponsored trifecta, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line because I have been horrible at it. I'll probably be horrible at getting to it tomorrow, just being honest. But a couple caught your eye that you wanted to get to here before we got to some news heading out the door. And you can always chime in. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Steve wants to know. Steve G. Guys, have they started on the new softball stadium for the Lady Sooners? No. Uh, don't use Lady Sooners. No, they have not. Uh, and and the re- maybe I should be clear. It's not a financial issue. Money's there. So if you wanna if you wanna rest easier on that front, my whole understanding is the money's there, they're good to go, and ground will break. Gosh, it wouldn't surprise me, and because I if it were up to me, Josh Helmer, if Chris Plank were the one pulling the strings, the Sunday or Saturday after the Sooners win the Super Regional and clinch a spot in the Women's College World Series. They have the tradition of taking the, the panel off the wall, which would add another year, a trip to the World Series. I would then immediately walk out of that front gate, grab a shovel, and start digging and say, let's go. We've played our final game here this year. Let's get to work. But in all seriousness, groundbreaking is apparently scheduled for this summer. And, you know, with the softball season hopefully going into mid-June with a new schedule for the Women's College World Series, I would assume that sometime in late June. There's, I mean, I'm telling you what, you know, constantly evaluating what needs to be done and what's the best uh, option here and not cutting any corners and making sure that everything is first class. I can tell you this, that the facility is going to be state-of-the-art, and I think that's that's really awesome, Josh. Every single time that I think about where they are now, and it's not a knock on anyone, it's kind of incredible to see the amount of success that Patty Gasso and the recruiting they've been able to do with what they're going against in this sport and the facilities they're recruiting against. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, um, you know who else is in a facility crunch right now that's going to a new conference for softball? Is Texas. Texas's stadium is not good. Not good. 
I love it. I love it because they let us sit outside and call the games, and it's right there with the fans. I think it's great. But their facility, it, it needs um, more than just a fresh coat of paint. Anything else off there that you want to hit? Or are we good? Plank and Josh, hypothetical question. If Lebby were to leave, say in two or three seasons for a head coaching job, will Joe John, Kale, Murray, and Coach B be able to keep our same offense that they will play with? Thanks, Curtis B. Curtis B, good question. Sure, absolutely. Now, and, and there's – he. that's a great perspective by Curtis B., at least from this point, Josh. Did I even mention anyone other than Joe John when I started thinking about, hey, I want to see Jeff Lebby continue to have the kind of success where in a year or two from now we're talking about national championships at Oklahoma and we're talking about Jeff Lebby being a guy that is a candidate, if not taking over at – Auburn or UCLA or wherever, right? I mean, he is – he's got that BDE to him, man. Jeff Levy does. He's got that swagger to him, and you know he's going to be a head coach. So when we say and we talk about, you know, who could be next, it's a positive thing, right? We even said the same thing, you know, about coaches in the past. So with that in mind, you brought up Kale Gundy, and I just was so nerding out on Joe John Finley's press conference – that Kale would be a great pick. <laughs> I think he proved he could call plays in the Alamo Bowl, don't you? And I think it gets back to what Joe John said, right, Josh? I mean, not only will you be able to have your system, but you'll be able to evolve and do and adapt and do different things, right? I mean, I think that's the mark of any great offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. We've seen that with Nick Saban where – yeah, the Alabama offenses of old, not altogether explosive. Uh, they were content to lean on the run game and win national championships playing defense and running the football effectively. They still like to run the football effectively, but Alabama has pivoted to kind of match a lot of some of the other offenses that we see in college football. So the mark of these great coaches is that adaptability is not just continuing to do the same thing over and over and over, but to be able to mix in some different things. Certainly, I mean, look, if Jeff Lebby, which probably this has a great chance to be the case, that Jeff Lebby winds up a head coach somewhere else because he will be very successful at the University of Oklahoma. You've got some great options right here on campus to step in and be the next offensive coordinator. And, yeah, like we said about Cale Gundy, you don't think that what you saw in the Alamo Bowl was just the tip of the iceberg? Yeah. It's just a start for him. It's just a start. And I just – I think sometimes people lose sight of how young he still is. I really do. And then you also can't help but look around college football too, right? There's a lot of really, really good young offensive minds. Tech's offensive coordinator is a guy that a lot of people are intrigued by because, you know, here is a dude that uh, his dad – he's at Texas Tech now. But his dad is the track and field coach. Zach Kitley is his name. But his dad is the track and field coach at Lubbock. At Texas Tech won a national championship. Kitley came over, you know, from working at Western Kentucky. And Bailey Zappi had uh, a historic season. Now, you know, Kitley doesn't have this thorough background in football. He was, he was a basketball guy that kind of fell in love with football and has become a rock star. He's an interesting name. G.J. Kinney is a guy that's 
quickly moving up the ranks. He's he's shifted from offensive coordinator, the former Tulsa quarterback, to where he's a head coach at Incarnate Word this year and trying to, you know, get his feet wet as a head coach. Uh, I mean, you've got Matt Wells on staff too. Don't forget about Matt Wells. So there's a lot of really, really good offensive minds that are out there that you start, you know, thinking down the road about who's the next big name. There's, there's going to be a lot of them, and the Sooners obviously have one right now in Jeff Levy and may have a couple of other big ones in Kale or obviously Joe John, and maybe as the, the texter mentioned, maybe that's something Coach B does want to do eventually. I don't know. All right, so obviously the – Texts were good, and I did not do a good job of getting to them earlier. My bad, y'all. Tiger is in the pine needles on my feed, Josh, which I have learned for the outdoorsman in you. Apparently, pine needles can serve as a very good mulch. But Tiger, one under right now, looking to stay in the mix at the Masters. We'll get you a full scoreboard update coming up right after our final timeout. Where did this show go? Thanks to Gary Cavins. Thanks to Joey Helmer. Tomorrow will be mobile, but it'll be a little different. I think, I hope, we're going to have Sal Palantonio on the show tomorrow. How about that? And uh, I'm efforting one of the serious XM golf dudes to join us too. You would think I could use that connection a little bit more to benefit our show. So we'll see if we can possibly make that happen tomorrow right here on The Ref. In the meantime, one final segment, news notes. There is breaking news in the NFL involving Brian Flores and his lawsuit. And, ooh, the wording of it is tough. And Major League Baseball, opening day is here. Uh, maybe a little bit more spe- – I almost said specialer. <laughs> maybe a little bit specialer. Maybe a little bit more special because of the concern that we might not be here. But at 1 o'clock this afternoon, it's the Brewers and the Cubs getting things started. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Before we wrap things up, I have a lot of audio that we did not get to. I'm going to try to squeeze it all in in our final five minutes. But first, we go live to the Brown O'Haver Studios, where Josh Helmer is standing by with an update on Tiger Woods, the Masters. And as always, it's brought to you by the good people at BlueCollarDrains.com. Josh? Tiger Woods, a lovely, and I mean lovely chip, at the seventh, and he's going to be through seven, one under par. One under through seven, Tiger Woods, one shot off the lead. Harry Higgs at two under through ten, and Oklahoma and Taylor Gooch at two under through nine. I am not accomplishing anything. I have, I have a radio show. This afternoon on Big 12, I'm on Mad Dog tonight. But I am not going to accomplish anything in prepping. I'm, hopefully people will want to call and talk about Tiger tonight. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, I've got options here. Do you, want, do you care about the whole Adam Silver and the potential cutting of the season? Does that resonate with you at all as far as number of games? I don't think it's the worst idea for them. I don't either. Here's what Adam Silver had to say about the potential of the NBA season eliminating games. I also said in the past, if we have too many games, that's something we should look at as well. So it's something as we sit down and we're looking at new media deals, looking at a new collective bargaining agreement, we will be studying. I mean, I, I, there wasn't any banging of the table or anything like that. And I, from my discussions with players, they recognize it's an issue too. And it's the, the style of the game has changed in terms of the impact on their 
their bodies. I think it's, we gotta constantly assess and look at a marketplace going forward and say, you know, what's the best way to present our product and over how long a season? Hmm. <laughs> Can I just, this is my general thought. If you're going into a negotiation for anything, and anything in life, y'all, this, this, just try to put this in your life. And in that negotiation, the party who is buying or wanting your services says, well, yeah, we might want less of it. I don't know if that's a good thing, Josh. If, if Adam Silver says, you know, we'll talk to our TV partners. If your TV partners are coming back to you and saying, just not feeling 82 games, guys. I feel like we got to lessen that number. I mean, if anything, you're in a world where if you're successful and you're wildly successful ratings-wise, they want more of you. And I agree with Alex Rodriguez. I think rating conversations are overrated. Get it? But I also I, – I don't know, man. I feel like – I've always felt like 82 is a bit too much. But in the same vein, I don't know if I'd feel really good if you have TV networks coming to you like, yeah, we just don't want any more of you. Please, can you limit your schedule right now? Well, I think that they would want every last drop of the 82 if you weren't constantly dealing with guys that are load managing and you know oh. missing a bunch of games. I mean, Preach. the product when you have superstars that regularly don't play in games, I mean, we're not talking 10 out of 82 games. I mean, we're talking guys that miss upwards of 25 games in a season. Preach, Josh. Preach. I didn't have time for my Chris Collinsworth cut, but Chris Collinsworth all over Baker Mayfield to Seattle. Feels like it's too natural of a fit not to happen. I agree. Uh, Sal Powell. We'll talk about that with him tomorrow on the show. Sal Powell, Antonio on the Plank Show. Uh, For Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Steely and Thude at noon are coming up next. Thanks to Gary Cavins. CavinsConstruction.com. Check them out. Frequent them for all your roofing, water remediation, and maintenance needs. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.